Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Becoming CEO AF podcast. I'm your host, Kemba Garcia. And I am your co-host, Amanda Bell. And today we have a very special guest with us that we are super excited to dive into relationships, inside sales teams, and other things, entrepreneur, Mr. Glenn Sanderfer. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you both for the invitation and thank you to your audience for the time. Absolutely. I think it's very important that I mention straight out of the gate, too, that you're also a published author. So I, I am. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to say that. I'm like very important on the on the intro. Um, very cool when somebody's able to take their thoughts and their inspirations and put it into a book to that's out for everybody for eternity. I just I really can respect the work that goes into publishing and so and a book you guys might I add and a book that uh that is not we don't get a lot of meat or value in our marketplaces today around the topic that he's covering I would love for you Glenn to share more with the audience about what your book is about maybe even dive into how you help other business owners and entrepreneurs CEOs uh with the relationships yeah, no problem. So uh, I think the, the title of the book is The Middle Ground, How to Get Great Dating Outcomes in a Modern World. So with the title alone, it is identifying what we already know to be true. Dating in a modern world is very difficult. Why did I create the book? People ask. Uh, I started the book from a journey standpoint after I went through a very difficult uh, divorce um, in the early 2010s. From there, after I left that relationship, I decided to do something that was counterintuitive to most. I decided to say, what did I do wrong? What was my part in that failure of that relationship? So I spent two years in therapy with one therapist, and we had the end goal for us to come out with me understanding what was my contribution, why was that my contribution, and what could I have done better? So that w- it was a great experience for me because it allowed me to look back and revisit some things that were painful and understand how if I was a better man, if I was a better leader and really prepared to be a husband, how I should have handled that. So as I came out of that process, one thing in there was journaling. So I began journaling and this was kind of the still the early stages of social media where I began putting out posts on a website as well as on Facebook. And so, I mean, they would get five likes, 10 likes, maybe 100 views. Um, And, you know, people would, you know, dial in a little bit. So as it died down, I decided maybe social media is not for me. Let me go ahead and put it together in a book. So I began compiling a book and over around a three to five year period, as I was navigating some changes professionally, I created a book. That book is not the book that we released, but it was the framework of what is the middle ground. So I then met my wife and what I realized is some of the theories that I had on paper actually did lend itself and played out as I courted her because she is what we identify as a modern woman, very successful in her own right. Fine. She's a 10 plus. Um, And I knew that in order to get her to agree to be my wife, I had to do the work that I put into practice, the work that I had done Uh, in theory, both in therapy and then on paper. So it's really kind of uh, a step-by-step booklet on how to get the great dating outcomes that you want. I love that so much. 
I'm like, all right, I'm going to read it. <laughs> Have and, the husband read it too. <laughs> and in that, Glenn, I listen- And it's great. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, and I was going to say in that um, in that book, what I the feedback has been amazing. People are like, I can read this on a Southwest flight. So <laughs> it's like it's not a long 350 page book, 27 chapters. Um, and we we created it that way intentionally. Yay. So it was something that a busy professional would be able to digest in one or two sittings. Um, and that's what I hope uh, future readers really will come away with that. I also can love and appreciate that so much. You know, the last probably three books that I've read, I actually skipped around in it because I did kind of feel like it was just almost like they added things in there just to make the book long, right? But we could have probably summed it up. So I can appreciate where you went on that 110%. And then if you don't mind a little bit, Glenn, just diving into a little bit about what some of those skill sets are, if you will, that you wrote down on paper that you were able to implement. Because I think this is so relatable. In another podcast that you were interviewed on that I listened to before having you on here, you were discussing the relationship specifically between in the marriages between entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs. And I found Mm -hmm. that to be very interesting. For myself, my husband is my business partner. And I'm very fortunate and blessed in that because I can imagine that if that was not the case, that when I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm not trying to kissy kissy because I'm trying to email email, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That things like that would be a little bit frustrating for the spouse or the nights when I'm just trying to door dash because the truth is I'm not about to be the one to go in there and cook dinner because I'm trying to catch up on income producing activities and I have a vision that I'm fulfilling. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, we stay very inspired towards our mission and what we're building, sometimes to the point that our families and our spouses do feel a little excluded maybe from what we have going on or that our time and our energy is going in a way that it could be spent more on them. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. that is a dynamic that can be that can be challenging for some people to navigate. And so it is that it, that's what finding the middle ground is to you. Is that correct? Correct. That's what finding the middle ground is all about. It's about coming together and ma- really making a plan or making a deal. Um, I think I talk about alignment a lot. Uh, when it comes to to that specific podcast. Um, If you're a busy entrepreneur, being with someone who's in the education field probably is going to be a challenge just because their schedules don't even align. If you're a lawyer and a lawyer, schedules align. You're both billing hours, you're both in trial, you're both bringing on new clients. So it aligns very well. Um, So I, I always say that if you're a busy entrepreneur, and you're not having the relationship outcomes that you want, the first thing you have to do is stop. Get off the sites, the dating sites, get off of social media, just stop for a second, and then we're going to take kind of an assessment. Who are you? I'm a busy professional who loves and has a great roofing company. Uh, I also do a bunch of things related to social media, uh, coaching, et cetera, et cetera. So I love doing that. That serves me. It gives me great energy. I feel energized coming out of it. And I have touched the lives of so many people. When you lead with that, you now know who you are. Then you say, what do I want? I want someone who fits within that lifestyle and that decision to be able to come alongside and support in that endeavor while also 
being a great partner, a great listener, providing the emotional uh, intelligence uh, required to allow me to feel energized to do that work. Great. Do I qualify for that? Well, yes, I qualify for that. I'm attractive or handsome. I'm fun. I have a great personality. I've done the work to get over the traumas that have hindered me in my past. And now I'm ready to find that person. So then we say, now that we know who you are, what you want and what you qualify for, we say, since we now identify as a modern woman or a modern man, find a modern man or a modern woman. Because with the definitions around what we believe is modern, we say that 50-50 is paramount. We're not, going to, we're not going to look for traditional roles. We're not going to look for high value uh, process and high value program management. We're not going to look at a guy and a gal just being together for the fun of it. We're not going to be in an emotionally toxic relationship as a male and a female. We're not going to be a city boy and a city girl living for the streets. Uh, so we're going to go out and we're going to make a plan, make a deal, and then we're going to we're going to go out and achieve it. That means when we move in together or when we live together, you're going to cook some days. I'm going to cook some days. We're going to DoorDash on Tuesdays. We're going to go out for sushi on Wednesday. We'll cook a meal prep for Thursday so we have great food for the weekend. We're going to work out together in the morning. We're going to work out together in the evening. We're going to go for a hike on Wednesday. We're going to go kayaking once a month. And you just follow the program. And this is very easy to digest for small business owners that are actually successful with their business because it's the same process you deploy, except now you're considering a person and the relationship as the outcome versus the revenue and the services rendered as the, the desired outcome. Oh, I do love that so much. I, I can feel that so so deep in my soul. My husband and I have been together for 13 years and... Um, and I can tell you, I was not the business owner when I met him, nor was he. So we both evolved and changed and grew a lot together. And through that, they, you know, the situation changes. What you found to be your fun weekend time or what have you before was no longer the case, right? Weekends became very busy for me being in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with the evenings even. So it wasn't that we were gonna that we were gonna be able to cook out with our friends and and open a cold one, right? It was <laughs> It was um, it was more that I was gonna I was gonna flip open that laptop and if you wanted to play the movie in the background, great. Just know I'm here in spirit. <laughs> um, but I'll yeah, be honest, yeah. that didn't. It just it was getting to a place where it just wasn't working. He wasn't feeling the love um, and the connection and all the things. And I'm so grateful that we were able to come together and have the conversations that we did have. Um, because I could have lost my husband, the man that I absolutely love and adore, who has who we've grown with each other so much over the last 13 years that um, that if he wouldn't have spoken up and I would not have listened, we would not mm-hmm. be in our happy relationship that we're in today because it got bumpy. Um, but I love how you said finding those things that you do together, right? On Tuesdays, you're doing sushi. On Wednesdays, you're doing this. On this day, you're meal prepping for the week ahead. And and it's something that Chris and I found a really great uh, routine with is our us time. And it's not so much at first I thought that that was going to be we've got to have scheduled dates and we've got to do this and we've got to do that. And um, and the truth is, is as the CEO of multiple businesses, I've got to be able to ebb and flow with what comes up when it comes up. And, and then having the spouse that can appreciate and respect that and not make himself or myself feel a certain way when that happens. 
Um, so it's been really beautiful for us to be able to wake up in the mornings. He literally last night was like, Amanda, hey, in the morning, you going to hop in your hot tub because I cleaned it out last night. It's like sparkling blue, girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. He's like, you want to do yoga together? And he's a weightlifter, which I am too. But just the fact that he's willing to kind of go into a morning routine that I enjoy and vice versa, I'll hit the gym with him all day long in the moments that are my me time or his me time and us be able to and we like to talk so one person's in the shower or I'll be doing my makeup and we're telling stories and we're brainstorming for the future and we're talking about the kids and we're talking about he's a he's a semi-pro uh, dirt bike racer and so we're talking about his race and how he's going to come in first we're talking about Kimba's husband this morning Robbie um, and his new he races diesel trucks and his new diesel truck and how he's coming in first this year and so oh, those wow. are the times that we get to come together and and spend it more like when we would wait you know before we were the CEOs we'd wait for the evenings and the weekends right and and mm -hmm. or in the middle of the day every 10 minutes you call each other right those, those phone calls don't go down like that anymore in fact we joke because we don't talk to each other during the day usually unless we're picking up a quick text of hey wanted to let you know i love you also shoot me over something that i can do to love you better right and i'm like mm -hmm. oh gosh husband you're so great you're so and see then that's when you give the title that's when you give the deference and the respect to the title because there's intentionality it sounds like in the relationship and that's all we want individuals to believe who come to the middle ground. You don't have to settle yeah. for the poor relationship outcomes and the negative toxic rhetoric that's in the marketplace. Because if you look anywhere else on YouTube outside of this channel, it's telling you, you have to be a boss bay or a boss dude in order to be successful. No. Wait, don't get a relationship. It's going to be a waste of your time. And we are humans. And by nature, we thrive off and crave the connection with individuals and specifically we thrive on the connection with one person mm -hmm. uh, because of what you said you can ebb and flow with your day and i say seasonality mm -hmm. if you're in the season of expansion if you're in the season of growth and development if you're in a season of contraction you have someone who understands that and remembers the other seasons it's such a better way in my opinion to live with someone than to be without because no one wants to be at the mountaintop alone. No one wants to climb a mountain alone. No one wants to build a house on a mountain and go to the house alone. We all want to be with someone. Um, I don't often quote him, but there's a song with Drake where he said, his mother said, who wants to be 70 and alone? And I often start with any coaching session and I ask the question, where do you want to be at 65? And tell me where you are today and tell me what your next quarter goal is. Where do you want to be at 65? And if you start there, you find that what we're talking about here, the connection and the intention around that one person is what people are craving. I love that. So intention, alignment in our relationships, so beautiful, so powerful. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Glenn. And on that, so book edition one is out but you're sneaking in with the second edition of this series. Is that is that true? That is correct. Part two of The Middle Ground, How to Get Great Dating Outcomes in a Modern World, will be released on May 20th, 2023. It'll be the second part. Ah. And I wanted to spare the audience a 500-page book, so we decided to break it up into three books. Oh, I love that. 
I have to just thank you on behalf of the whole world, Glenn, for coming up with this. Well, because it's such a challenge. You know, we live in a world where there's there's the Tinder and the Facebook. I don't even, I mean, I've been married for eight years or something now, yeah. too. So I think I got married right before Tinder became a big thing. But there's all these choices out there, right, that, that are in front of our faces. And there's so many moving pieces. And we live in a world where it, it's just almost, if that doesn't work, on to the next one, on to the next one. I love this mindset of being intentional with the relationships before you get on the dating app to identify who you are, what you're looking for, and what you qualify for. I love the way that you put that, Glenn. I will definitely be picking up these books. I'm sure a lot of our readers will be as well. So I'm like, thank you for putting something out there that is so much different than what people are consuming thank today. Thank you. I appreciate those kind of words. Yeah, and it's, it's such a powerful message. Um, so professionally, Glenn, this is something else I wanted to make sure that we got in while we had your time today. Professionally, you mm -hmm. have spent years, from what I know about you, developing out sales programs, specifically internal sales mm -hmm. programs. And I own a roofing and construction company here in Dallas-Fort Worth for anybody that this may be your first episode listening to. So building out sales programs has become my bread and butter. I mean, keeping these salespeople motivated, inspired, keeping leads coming in and keeping those leads getting closed is is my bread and butter, right? So whenever I was listening to you talk about your skill sets professionally and what you're able to come inside of companies and help them build out, that was the second part of the podcast that I, when I was listening to you speak that I'm like, this guy is so great and so multifaceted, if you will, with your talent. So if we could kind of like er, change directions just a little bit and talk a little bit more about building out a sales program because there's almost no company that there is no company that doesn't need sales, right? Like mm -hmm. that is just right. absolutely something you have to have to have a business. You have to be getting customers coming in. Um, so I wanted to dive into a couple nuggets that you may have as it pertains to building out. I know inside of Amanda's company, she calls them ISAs, right? Inside what are they? Sales agents. Sales yeah. agents. Agent. Inside sales agents. Um, so do you have some advice, I guess, for lack of a better word, do you have some advice out there for people that are like, yeah, I'm working on building out a sales program. I need some inside sales agents in my company. Where would anybody start with a project yeah. like that? I would say the first thing that we you would do is going to be counterintuitive to what you as a business owner would say or your audience. You can't do it. Don't try to build out and manage your own internal sales program. You need to hire someone to do that. Um, so I often say if you're a company and you do 12 and a half million in revenue and you're looking to have a 25 or 20 percent growth year over year because the addressable market is there, I would say your next hire needs to be an ISA. Your ISA can have a base and commission on net new net new appointments, appointments set for your sales team, and then a comp plan on uh, that that is close as book business. And when you go with that mindset, that ISA starts to get anywhere between a three to 10 times ROI. Why does that matter? Because we know when we scale outside sales teams, there's a cost associated with travel and entertainment. There's a cost associated with ramp, and there's a cost associated uh, just with the day-to-day -day effort. With an inside salesperson, as an inside sales professional, they can move throughout many different industries. And whether you're in an install service, recurring revenue model, or a one-time product sale, then an inside sales professional is going to fit in one of those three to four categories. 
So I would say first stop, you can't do it. Let's just all agree. And then hire yourself an ISA and let that ISA be strong and inside sales. You teach them your business. And is there somewhere specific you go to to, to find the strong in inside sales person? Because let me tell you what, that is not an easy task. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And I've had the luxury and privilege to, to have great people over you know a 20 year career. And when I pivoted to inside sales, I had to first do the work myself. But I began sourcing through personal and professional relationships. I'm the vice president for the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals, the Tennessee chapter. Yep. And so I would tell people and I'll tag that AAISP.org is the organization and there are plenty of people that have their profiles up and ready to go who have been inside sales professionals for at least a five-year period and if wow. you think about the previous five years we've had prosperity and growth we've had COVID, we've had contraction we've had expansion we're having contraction again so there are plenty of individuals that i would start there the second place it would be linkedin if you're a business owner or a sales leader within your organization. And if you are not on LinkedIn recruiting and LinkedIn sales navigator, shame on you. Yep. That pays for itself in one person. Yep. So make sure you're on LinkedIn, you're providing regular updates, just like you do on Instagram and on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then you can connect with other like-minded individuals and those people will begin to find you. Love it. And do you think, I just love all of your information so much. You can tell just how experienced you are in, in all of these fields. I'm like, I would love to dive deeper with you like one-on-one -on -one, one day, Glenn, because I know that, um, that you are packed full of so much value and knowledge. And I would love to be able to hopefully offer something in return for you too. But um, do you think that whenever you are hiring an inside sales rep, that it is a safe play to hire them local to where you're at so that training can be one-on-one, -on -one, the energy, all the things are in person? Or how do you feel about straight virtual? I've done both. In a COVID world, I was brought on to who is now, I'm employed, everyone on there, to my current employer. Um, <laughs> I was brought on to build a virtual team because that was the environment in which I was asked to build it. There was no office. There was no one-to-one -one session opportunities. So I built an entire team on Teams and Zoom. Oh, and that team that. scaled from six to 60 globally. Um, wow. So I was able to do that. But I've also spent time as I've built uh, inside and outside sales programs uh, for various different uh, clients. It's all been face-to-face. -face. It's been one-to-one -one connection. I see the value with both. Let's talk about the, the, the former, which is the hybrid or remote work environment. The reason that that's important and any leader needs to learn how to build a culture and build training programs around that is the marketplace. The talent pool is demanding it. Yeah, I do agree. They, don't, they oh. do not want to go into an office, no matter how many free snacks, avocado toast, smoothie <laughs> machines, ping pong tables, 2K and Street Fighter machines you bring. People want the luxury to be able to work from home. There are reasons why. Yes. Uh, but the reasons, you know, we won't litigate here, but the fact of the matter is there's enough talent in the marketplace that's demanding it that the market has had to shift. So I would say building a culture and not culture that we talk about on brochures, talk building a culture where people feel included, where they feel heard, where they have the opportunity to provide real time, impactful process improvement is going to help out best in a virtual environment. 
Oh, I love that so much, Glenn. So, so Kimba, sister, we've got to start shipping the avocado toast to their house. That's where they <laughs> yes. want it. They don't want it at, a, uh, at our brick and mortar anymore, girl. <laughs> I love that. And Glenn, what would your advice be? So I'm sitting here listening to you as the business owner, right? And you're like, Kimba, you can't do it yourself. And I can respect everything about what you just said. Yeah. How would I go about, because I'm big on training our clients on, we don't just hire people and give them a job. We build a job and hire the person that's best for the job, right? We go look for that avatar. So when I'm looking for the person to find an ISA that's going to get in and do some dials, maybe one thing, but to find somebody that's going to come in and lead the sales organ the ISA team to be able to help be that upfront piece to that culture and and guiding those people towards growth and towards success what would your advice be to somebody like me that's like well glenn what does the build out of that process look like before i make that hire what do i need to do to prepare for that person to come into my company and be able to be successful in the job that i'm asking them to do okay i will say to answer that which, which was a great question um, your first and second hire are not going to be people who want to run an inside sales organization. Typically, mm -hmm. they're people who are bad word, mercenaries for hire. Okay. They like working. They like the challenge of scaling up a program. And depending on the season of their life professionally, they may uh, decide to stay two years, five years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So your first two hires are going to be the individuals that, pro that prove out the theory that an inside sales program will work for your organization. Your third or fourth hire will be the person who can be the start of the player coach, process improve, and then develop people. Love it. So you have the these are called the three P's that I that anyone that has ever reported to me could know. It is production. What is your job? Production, process improvement, or people. Those are one of your three jobs. So if you get someone who can start as a player coach and they can understand, hey, I need to understand how to produce here. Then they will say, all right, I kind of understand how to produce here, but there are some things that I believe we can do different based off my experience and based on the feedback from the client. So let's make those improvements. And then once you spend time with them, get them into your culture and you get to know them over a 12 to 18 month period, are they a people leader? Do people gravitate to them? Do they have the ability to inspire growth and development? You learn that as the business owner or as the organizational leader. And then you start to pour into them and get them trained and scaled up from management. And that will simply come, we know that they have production chops. We know that they have process chops. Now let's put them in positions to lead uh, full programs and processes with a couple of people where they are given over authority. And then you move them into a much larger sales role and a leadership role within your organization. It's something that I like to say that's not popular with our generation now. It is earn, not given. I just love all of that so much. I have one more quick question for you that's going to be kind of a basic question. And it's, it's an important basic question, though, okay? <laughs> and the, when building out an ISA team, okay, the, ne mm -hmm. the next piece to that, so I loved all of that. Like, thank you so much for that. Because, I mean, that just helped my mindset even around it to just be able to understand. Because I've built out sales teams, but an inside sales team and building an outside sales team, I build roofing sales teams, right? Roofing and solar sales teams. It is a little bit different. It's a little bit different of the avatar that you're even looking for um, to come in and be on the phone versus somebody that's out face-to-face -face with people. 
So I love that. So I'm really good at how do we pitch at the door, right? Like that's what I train people at door knocking. How do we pitch at the door? How do we, how Mm -hmm. do we capture these people's attention for just 30 more seconds at a time? Right? Mm -hmm. So as an entrepreneur, we can't start with the guy that's going to lead it. We have to bring on a couple agents first and then we have to mold them into leadership. Mm -hmm. So as I'm developing out these, these tools that I'm going to hand these ISAs as they come onto my company, I'm like, Glenn, what is your advice for me when it comes to software and a script? Software and a script? Yeah. Great. Great question. I say throw the script out the window on the first two hires. The reason is, is the script that you're going to provide them will be the door knocking script. So I spent some time door knocking as well. And the beauty of that is door knocking, kiosk, event sales is kind of like the phones. Yeah. It's kind of like an email script. So what you're looking for in a personality for an ISA and a potential ISA manager or leader is they got to have some characteristics. They have to be gritty. They have to be coachable and they have to be adaptable because things from an inside sales standpoint can switch quicker than an outside sales. Mm -hmm. So if you want to pivot a program or pivot an effort, if you want to do add upgrades, for roofing and solar, if you want to do service plans for solar and inspections for roofing, your inside sales team can get in your CRM. They can start dialing on those people and just do a, a courtesy or a safety check. Hey, we just want to remind you, hey, we came out about uh, six months ago and we did some work on your roof. We just want to see how things are going. They're going great. Well, we also want to let you know that we have some great new solar solutions uh, that are available for clients just like you wanted to know, have you considered solar? No. Why not? Well, because, you know, the cost. Well, you know, if cost is an issue, we'd love to have a conversation about some programs we have here in our state for homeowners related to the cost of solar. Not only that, I can give you a couple of testimonies on how it's helped lower the energy bills that they're actually able to sell back to the local utility. How does that sound? That actually sounds great. All right. If you're free at two o'clock later today, I can get a 15 minute call with Brandon, who's our uh, associate that covers your area. He'd love to just chat a little bit more. That was all off a safety check. Yeah, that's beautiful, Glenn. That was super great. All right, Glenn, you're hired. Like it's time to do some solar calls. Are you ready? <laughs> You're ready to get ready to dial. Just give me a list. I need to log into a CRM and I'm there ready to go. go. So your advice for the entrepreneur would be not to provide them with a script. Yeah. You're... I mean, because what, what I just provided was very natural and very easy for someone who's a veteran of sales. Remember, your first two hires are going to come in with experience on experience. the phone. They're going to have hit quota three of the previous uh, four quarters minimum. Because they're valuable, they're chasing and looking for new opportunity. And, you know, you can't change that in the market. So you just have to adapt to it as the business owner, as an entrepreneur to provide the structure around that. So throw out your script. Your script is going to be an outside sales-based script. Let your inside salesperson come in, ask them to take a look at it. They'll give notes, ask them to sit. And then this is empowerment on the first week. All right, go and make a couple of calls to these clients real quick with the script. And then do you have them record the calls? because everybody should be recording the calls, record the calls, and then you you play back and listen to them and see where the opportunities are for improvement on the script. And then you can work the script in five to seven business days. And then you have a working script for a 30 to 45 day campaign. I'm like, all right, 
We're gonna we're gonna put your plan to action probably this week, sister. This next week, I bet. <laughs> Michael, and, um, I love that. And then give you so some much. feedback, Glenn. I'll be honest. I've hired um, two or three <laughs> ISAs in the last six months already for the Amanda Bell Realty Group, and um, and not to brag, but I'm gonna brag, man. I am one heck of a sales trainer, um, and I do have the scripts, and I do do a pretty great job with the avatar build up. But I have build out, but I have yet for the position. But I've yet had an ISA stick around to see the fruits from the labor. Um, and just hearing you, there's a few what I probably would not have seen without hearing you today. So I'm so grateful for our conversation. Tweaks that I'm going to go back and make that are so simple yeah. um, that I'm like, man, no one that 100% would work, right? So I'm so excited for that. Um, and then I'm excited to be able to give you feedback on not just your two books. I'll start with the first one because the second one doesn't come out till May 20th. But, but, um, but also this ISA build out. I think that is so beautiful. For the CRMs, do you have any, Glenn, I noticed you said the CRM a couple times and I felt like that was going to be a big piece. Do you have any CRMs out there that, um, that you're like, man, Amanda, if there was one that uh, a real estate agent or a roofer or a business owner in general should at least look into, what one would that be? Real estate's easy, Boomtown. Boomtown is um, going to be great because you can also automate your uh, your chat feature on your website, the websites for each of your listing partners, if you have that model. Yeah. Um, if you're or if you're in a small business capacity and you also want to integrate at a lower cost, your marketing effort, I'll say HubSpot is really good. If you're a mid-size agency uh, where you need to also track deal progress, I would say Zoho CRM is going to be best. And if you're doing 10 million a year in recurring revenue, and then you're looking to capture another, you know, five and a half per month, uh, in new dollars, I would say Salesforce would be the best for you because Salesforce has is going to be the largest repository, and it all it provides everything that we talked about with the other three, um, in addition to giving the reporting capability and dashboard capability you'd be looking for to track the success of your sales organization. I love it. I love it so much. We actually just built out a um, a CRM based off of a few of the ones that you had listed out. Uh, already so Salesforce Boomtown and Zoho we built out what we call my VO so CEO AF owns um, a CRM platform now for all of our business owners and what we did was we went and took a lot of those key components that you just listed from those programs so I'm excited to hear you list those guys because I'm like man that was kind of who we fell back those on features yeah yep, when, when we, we were, were building out features we're like what if we could take key features from all these CRMs, I put them, because for me as an entrepreneur, I'm like, man, I just want to log into one thing. You know what I'm saying? I got yep. all these logins all over the place. So yep. we took some of those really key features and put them together when we were developing out our software that we use with our clients that are needing a CRM. Um, and so yeah. thank you so much, Glenn. This has been, I've, I've truthfully learned so much, which I did know that I was going to. I woke up this morning very excited for you to come on today because because Amanda and I really are both in that season where we are navigating for myself being able to take my my outside sales team is crushing it at a high level. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually I guess I have one more question for you, Glenn, and then I'll let you go. Is that fair? Can okay. I can I give you one like one more thing? Because I like it yeah. just popped in my brain. What are your thoughts about hiring a third party ISA company to do it for you? And you provide the list. As, I've done that as well. You have to have direct oversight. So when you hire a third party, you as the entrepreneur, don't give up control and assume everything's going to work out. 
Mm. You have to have a regular call cadence with your account or client success person, as well as your dialers. Okay. So if whether they're onshore or offshore, you have to have a relationship with them. Uh, and most third party companies are okay with that because if you love the person, they always have some type of buyout option for you to hire them full time. So um, you got to be, you have to be into the details of any relationship you have with an ISA, whether it's a uh, full-time hire, part-time contract or third-party outsourcing. I will say the benefits of a third-party outsourcing will be probably three things. The first is going to be cost because you're not going to have to pay for the infrastructure. So you're paying for the number of contacts, the number of appointments and the number of opportunities that would be created. Mm -hmm. Second is going to be infrastructure. You don't have to build out the tech stack, the CRM, uh, the dialer. You don't have to worry about uh, any of the regulations related to dialing or call lists. That is all handled by the third party. So your infrastructure is taken care of. And then the third part is it allows you to go be great in your superpower. So if you're kicking butt as a roofer and uh, providing solar in your state, it allows you to focus on those people and allow another expert to provide that oversight. You can then take a 12 month period and learn what you need to learn about the inside sales program with that group. And you never have to worry about resignations within a three to six month period. Um, that will be handled by that group. So that's kind of the benefit there. Well, that is absolutely beautiful, Glenn, because I'm gonna be honest with you, that's the trigger I pulled last week. So I was like, Maybe I made a good move. It sounds like maybe I did. So, so thank you. You made a good move. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. All right, Glenn. So I know that you told them, I think we mentioned earlier a little bit on where somebody can find you, but mm -hmm. if somebody wants to follow along with the journey of the book, reach out to you, cause you're also doing public speaking is something yes. that you just recently got into as well. So if somebody wanted to be able to get a hold of you to book you for public speaking, obviously a plethora of knowledge that you could bring to the table around topics when it comes to speaking engagement. So I think that's really important to tell people where they can find you for that, as well as the books that you have coming out or any other place that they should go follow you for great value and content like this. Where could we send them, Glenn? Yeah, so if uh, someone's interested from the audience in the book, the middlegroundbook.com, that is where we house our community of followers who are like-minded and believe in getting great relationship outcomes. So www.themiddlegroundbook.com. We're also on what I call the core four of social. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on YouTube and TikTok with The Middle Ground Book. Instagram is Middle Ground Book. Um, and the book is available for purchase through our website or through Amazon. It's on Kindle and Audible. Apple Books, Google Play Books as well. If you're interested in anything such as a speaking engagement, there's an option under Book Me on themiddlegroundbook.com, as well as with my personal brand website, glennsanderfer.com. That's Glenn with two N's, S-A-N-D-I-F-E-R. Uh, but I would love to connect uh, with as many people as possible uh, in this network. It's just been an amazing journey this last year or so, uh, talking to uh, great audiences and great uh, creators and entrepreneurs such as yourselves. So thank you. Thank you again for that opportunity. Yeah. Thank you so much, Glenn. We appreciate you coming on the Becoming CEO AF podcast today. And for everybody listening out there, do us a favor, 
go share this episode to your core four. I love that. I'm going to use that, by the way. Core Stealing four. that. Um, go share this to all of your core four, right? One of the things Amanda and I are truly passionate about are about bringing guests on that truly add value to the audience. And the truth is, as value is added to us, we like to also allow that value to be shared with other people. So if you got value from the things that Glenn shared today, I know I did. Let's go make sure that we're sharing that with our own audiences, our own tribes, our own spheres to make sure that we're part of the ripple effect that never ends when it comes to raising the vibration of the planet. That's truly what we're all here to do. At least in this community, in this tribe, I know in Glenn's and inside the CEOAF fam, we definitely believe in being God's volunteers when it comes to adding value, adding love to other people in our community. So do us a favor, do your part in that, hit the share button for us, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.